Oh, grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I begin with a question for you this morning. What did you come to church looking for today? Why did you come here this morning? What are you looking to be able to to find? All of us woke up today and probably assumed even from last week that here in Arizona we were going to have another beautiful spring day to be able to take advantage of. You could have spent some more time outside at your house on your patio having a cup of coffee with your spouse. You could have gone for a hike with your family today. You could have slept in for a little while. You could have accomplished some more tasks at the home. But you decided to come here to walk through our beautiful sanctuary gates and come together as this body of Christ that Pastor John was describing to be able to worship our Lord. But in that time of worship, what did you come to be able to find? Maybe some of us have come out of a sense of duty that we have. Maybe some of us come out of a sense of habit that this is something that we do over and over again. What are we looking for this morning? Is it peace that was mentioned in our gospel text? Are we looking for healing this morning? Are we looking for something maybe that we haven't even expected to be able to find yet. Today we're going to focus on that scripture passage from the book of Acts chapter 3 as we continue along in our series on the book of Acts, getting ready, getting set to be able to go out into the world as the disciples that God has created us and charged us to be able to be. And so today our chapter begins by sharing about a few individuals who are going to their place of worship for the day. A couple of individuals who expect maybe to find or to receive one thing in particular or to do something in particular, but end up having a very different opportunity. Let's review that text again together this morning, beginning at verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So, in our reading, there's a time period that's mentioned, if you notice. It's very specific that the author gives to us. He says that it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. This would have been known also as the ninth hour. If you remember, uh, during biblical times, uh, we would have started that beginning, that morning hour, about 6 o'clock when the sun came up, and we would count hours from there. And so from 6 o'clock up to this 3 o'clock time period, we come to the ninth hour, this 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which interestingly enough is the exact same time we have recorded for us in Scripture in which Jesus dies, that he gives himself up for his disciples and for you and I. That's why these gentlemen are going to be able to pray today, to be able to go and meet with their Lord, remembering exactly what he has done for them, declaring that it is finished. There's a third man who is introduced in our story, though, besides Peter and John. He's a man that's not given a name. He's a man that's given a description. He's lame, we're told, that he is a beggar. His condition must be pretty bad. It doesn't talk about this man limping his way to the temple gate, doesn't talk about him hobbling on crutches, 
but it says that his condition is so debilitating that he has to be carried there day in and day out, presumably laying on the ground, just sitting there waiting to depend on the generosity of others just to get through his day. We're told that the place that he lays is at the gates to the temple court, which are called beautiful. These gates uh, probably would have been quite large, maybe even up to 75 feet tall. Uh, These gates would have separated the inner court of the temple, or that place of worship, from the outer court area. And so we see today that this man lays at these outer courts. The gates must have been very, very amazing. Historians told us that many gates from the temple leading in would have been covered with silver and covered with gold, something mentioned in our text for today. But these must have been very, very amazing to be able to see. Maybe they were covered with jewels or gems or some type of precious stones because they received that special name that is mentioned twice within our text, that these gates are called beautiful. But this man, this beggar, this lame individual never seems to get beyond these gates during this point of his life. He lies at the outside, it says, or at the entrance to these gates, begging from people. More than likely, a lot of individuals probably looked down upon him in his society. Some probably falsely thought that his parents had committed some type of grave sin, that he would have been cursed with this uh, disability. That wasn't true at all. So we have two men who come to this beautiful place of worship today, seeking to pray, One man who comes to this beautiful place of worship looking for some type of a handout just to get by. And so again, are you still thinking about that question? Why did you come to worship today? What brought you here today? Let's continue with our reading. In verse 3 it says, When he saw Peter and John about to enter... He asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. It's said that as Americans, we are the most time-conscious people in the world. That's just a nice way of saying that we're always in a hurry of everything that we do. But think about it. A lot of things around us do seem like they're in a hurry or supposed to save us time. Our phones offer us a way to instant message people. If you go apply for a mortgage now, you want to get that instant approval. We have Minute Rice. We have Instant Coffee. I saw that Jimmy John's now offers their freaky fast delivery for their sandwiches. Amazon Prime has a no-patience delivery system that will show up that day because we all need our hot sauce in five minutes from now, right? Even when we go to the restroom. I hear people say it all the time. I'm just going to go to the restroom real quick. No, please take your time. (laughs) Always rushing, always trying to get things done so quick. We don't like delays, especially delays that inconvenience us in some way. All of us have been interrupted in some way. Maybe you've been interrupted by an individual asking you for some type of a handout. Maybe asking to have a minute of your time when you were on your way. 
Peter and John are on their way today. They're coming to worship. They're going to be able to pray, to be in that communion with God. And they're stopped by this beggar who is asking them for money. Doesn't even seem like he has courage to look them in the eye. Maybe he's so ashamed of what he is or the disability that he has. Look at me, Peter has to exclaim to him, and so he does. The lame man seems to be this one creating this inconvenience for the day, but if we take in time to look at his situation at all, imagine what he's going through. You know, I wonder if that beggar ever heard about that man from Nazareth, that man who traveled around Galilee performing all of those miracles. Do you remember the time that this man spit in the dirt and made mud and put it on the blind man's eyes and he could see? Did he hear about the time in which Jesus put his fingers in this man's ear, this deaf man, and then he was able to be able to hear? Did he hear about this man from Nazareth who at his very word was able to heal ten lepers? Did he hear about this man who was in a crowd and when a woman grabbed his garment, she was healed simply by that touch? Did he hear about how this man actually rose his friend Lazarus from the dead? Did he hear about how he was able to heal a paralytic as he was lowered through the roof? A man who suffered the exact same thing as him. Did he hear about this man, Jesus? Did he ever wonder why this man didn't seem to come for him? He comes for all these other people, but he never seems to come for me. Have you ever felt inconvenienced before? Maybe it's with people around us. How did you respond to them? Have you ever felt inconvenienced even by God? And how did you respond to him? It would have been so easy for Peter and John just to walk by this man as they're going to worship the Lord today, to be able to go about their day and their schedule and accomplish what was important to them. It also would have been so easy for this beggar to be able to be angry with God, to be resentful for healing so many other people and not taking time to answer his request. You have been there on both sides of that coin, feeling inconvenienced by other, maybe stomaching questions about why God isn't providing something in our life, something that seems so good, that seems so true, or even in the life of somebody around us. Won't he just take action? As sinners, it's so easy for us to focus upon uh, ourselves, to focus upon what we think should be done to focus upon what we think our life's mission should be. And sometimes we forget that God has given us a mission. A mission to be able to go forth unto the nation and to be able to share of who he is and what he has done. It's easy to focus on what we don't have, even to focus on our own weaknesses at times. It's hard being able to focus upon the strengths that God has given to us once in a while, because we forget what great gifts they truly are. Look at Peter's response to the interruption in our text for today. 
In verse 6, it says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Peter and John make no excuses. They focus on what they have, not on what they don't have. Sure, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give to you. What do these men have? The name of Jesus, our Redeemer, our Savior, our Healer. What gifts do you have? It's a great question to ask on Volunteer Sunday. I would hope that when Pastor John, if he did ask our volunteers to stand up, that nobody in here would remain seated. That all of you have been charged with the efforts of being able to serve God's church and be able to exclaim his name unto the world. Not to make excuses for what we don't have, but to share the things that God has truly given to us. I like that song that the choir sang for us today. Be Christ, it says, be Christ. Some go, some stay, some preach, some pray. Some give a cup of water in Jesus' name, but for all who believe, the call is the same. For all that believe, the call is the same, to be Christ. It's easy to doubt I know that, Pastor John knows that, everybody to your left and your right knows that. Look at our gospel text for today. The risen Lord comes back to be with his disciples. He comes in just as he told them he was going to do. But it says within our text, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your mind? Even the own Disciples surrounded by Jesus as they see him in his risen form. They still can't believe it. Part of it's because that joy and that amazement that is rising up from within him. But God tells us not to doubt. To look at my hands, to look at my feet, to remember the things that I have done for you. Because each one of you mentioned the things that are here within our scripture today. You all have these two gifts. Number one, the name of Jesus. Something all of you have been given along with myself. Number two, a helping hand to be able to reach out to others in need. It's not through our hand, but through the Lord using us to be able to capture people around us. To be able to offer them this healing that we see in our text for today. And you might think to yourselves, well, I can't physically heal someone like that, but can you? What kind of healing can your simple touch offer another human being? Somebody that is caught up in this lameness of sin. Someone who feels like a cripple. Somebody who is suffering from this debilitating disease of sin. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 52 gives us some very beautiful words. He says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring the good news. You have been given the good news. That gospel message, that proclamation of a God who sends 
his one and only son to the cross to rise again so that each of us may live so that the lameness of our sins may be crucified with him. As he tells us, it is finished. There is no reason to meditate and focus upon these words. The sins are gone. He is here to be able to provide that comfort, to be able to provide that peace. How does that make us feel inside? And not just an artificial feeling. How does that make us confident inside of the hope that we have? Look what it does for the beggar in our text. Verse 8 says, He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. As soon as the man is healed, he goes inside these temple gates, inside of these courts, that place in which God dwells. What a marvelous piece of imagery for us. This man that is crippled by sin, sitting on this outside area, that when he receives this name of Jesus, is healed, that this temple is open for him, that he is able to go inside and to walk and to leap and to praise God. All of us lay there at one point in our life as that man sitting there with that disease and that debilitation pressing down upon us until the name of Christ was given to every single one of us. Until the Lord committed that sacrifice for you and for me so that those gates of heaven may be open so that that beautiful message of the gospel may be portrayed to everyone we come in contact with. That's what we are given today. Do you remember when Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 in one of his I am statements? I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. I don't know what brought you or carried you to church here this morning. What I do know is that in our text, it says that our Lord has come to meet with every single one of you, to allow you to walk, to leap, to jump, to use the talents that you have been given through him to go out into this world, to serve our fellow man, and to share that name of Jesus. May others look at the works that we are able to commit in the name of our Lord and Savior, and the works that he continues to commit in each and every one of us, even in our times of doubt and struggle. May they be filled with joy and amazement as we go forth, that body of Christ, serving him in all things that we do. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Lord, we come to you, and as we dwell upon each of these texts for today, uh, we ask, Lord, first of all, that you will give us peace, that you will provide healing and comfort unto us, not so that we can stay at home, Lord, and be comfortable inside of our own little niche, but so that we can go out into the world and share of the healing that you have given 
to every one of us. We know that healing may not always come in our timetable. It may not always come in the way that we expect. But Lord, we know that it always comes. For you have risen and you have given us victory over all things. Sin, death, the devil, and this world. Lord, continue to embark within us that mission, your people leading to follow Jesus in all things that we do. In your son's name we pray. Amen.